0: Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here.
1: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the Blog Cabin chat about life and today we're chatting with children's author but we're also going to be talking about the power of imagination and being able to encourage that not only in children but in ourselves because a lot of times when we get grown up we forget to imagine things and we forget to um know that there's possibilities out there that we would not even think about so it's a really cute book nutshell regatta so introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself
2: Hi, my name is Jonna Laster, and um, I was born and raised in Alaska and grew up loving stories, family stories, and the stories of friends, and of course, books. Uh, books accompanied us wherever we moved, wherever we lived, there were always books at hand. And um, I think I knew I always wanted to be a writer before I formally learned the alphabet. I remember. <laughs> taking my, dad's, uh, my parents were building uh, our house on a small homestead in Homer, Alaska, and I remember taking the carpenter pencil and marking in some scraps of paper, cardboard, and telling everybody, look what I wrote. And so from a very early age, three or four years old, I saw myself as a writer, and now I'm having the thrill of a lifetime being able to publish a book. Being able to talk about writing with others and just to continue to be inspired by all the great writers, artists, and dreamers there are out there.
1: So, is this the so this is your very first book that you wrote, correct?
2: Yes, this is my first published book. I've been working on other books for quite a few years in between teaching, raising kids, doing other things. And um, now I see myself uh, with a little bit more time, and I'm wanting to put it to use.
1: So what made you decide to write the nutshell regatta? I imagine it's probably come from childhood memories, correct?
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, My grandmother was the chief inspiration of the story, and it's an homage to her, a wonderful woman who uh, lived through a lot of difficult times and like so many of our family members, went through some struggles, but she maintained this super positive, imaginative outlook and was able to convey that to her many grandchildren. And one of her fortes was telling stories. I mean, her stories were just astounding, uh, filled with detail, and the flavor and smell and scent of growing up uh, near the Everglades in the early days of Florida. So she was a fascinating woman. She would come up to Alaska and live with our family and for a year or two at a time. And she and I always shared a bedroom. So many of our adventures and uh, just games that we would play were just so important to me. And I carry them with me to this day.
1: I it's- love that. So when you were sitting down writing the story, what? how did you get the inspiration for it?
2: Well, I love sketching and drawing and I write a daily journal so I'm always making little sketches and then reviewing them, going back through journals. I actually have some journals that I started when I was 12 years old and um, sometimes going back and getting that little scent memory, the memory of the way flowers, wild roses smelled on a breeze. It's usually where I start and with Nutshell Regatta, it was I was with that memory and thinking back of my grandmother, and I realized as we're talking, something that spurred this was one of my cousins um, sent me a journal that my grandmother had written in her later years. She lived to one hundred and three years old, mm-hmm. and toward the end of that life, she was writing in this journal that I had sent her from Alaska, and there were some wonderful passages in there and just seeing her handwriting just made me, just flooded me with thoughts of her. Um, So I started thinking back about how we used to go down to this small pond that was the base of my parents' property and we'd play for hours there and her patience and her willingness to point out the smaller details in nature just kind of came flooding back. So that was probably... The spurring event. And then we all have those amazing memories of childhood. They aren't always pleasant, but you know, there are a variety of memories we carry with us, and they're very strong because we were so new when those memories formed. I always think of it like the emulsion of film. You know, when you, that film was so fresh, the impressions and images left on it are vivid and strong. And I love tapping into those, especially working on a children's picture book. And I started with sketches, and those carried me into the place.
1: So did you sketch as well, all the pictures in those?
2: Yes, yes.
1: Wow, that is so awesome. Um, So you you mentioned several times journaling, that you took a lot of your stories about journaling. So let's just take a minute and talk about the importance of journaling for you and why it should be important for other people to do as well.
2: Well, I think in today's world especially, but in any setting, it's very important as young people and then as we get older to be in touch with our own voice. And there are a lot of distractions in this world. There are a lot of elements that interfere with that and there's nothing more quiet than finding yourself on a page and i think of it as simply doodling your ideas it's not necessarily you're looking for a finished piece um, but you're just jotting down things things you've observed questions you have um, memories you may be circling around and all of those things have an element of importance, and later you can go back and if you want to write a more formal piece or you're interested in making a story to share with family or friends or in a larger sense, you've got a lot of material there. And uh, we can't always pull to mind everything we remember, so it's great to have a record of it. It's also a wonderful family Early that you can leave at some point for your children and grandchildren or great grandchildren to just get a sense of what your life might have been like and it might resonate with what they're experiencing too
1: I love that the importance of family writing down your family history writing about what's going on in your life because a lot of times they the that there's normally like one or two storytellers that tell things um, you know orally, and share the stories generation to generation, but by the time they're gone, there's not, you don't have that wealth of family history, so I love that idea.
2: It's so important. I remember once I asked my father, who had many amazing stories, having grown up through the Great Depression, and was a very adventurous person. Um, I gave him a tape recorder, and I said, just talk, just, you know, even if we're not sitting together, and I still have those tape recordings, and they're so, they are so valuable, they mean so much. And, you know, capturing a a time that's no longer here is really fascinating.
1: I can imagine just hearing your father's voice now is just something that just floods back your memories as well.
2: Totally. In fact, here's a little prop I have. This is a tool, this is an old-fashioned handheld tape recorder Anytime I go for a drive or a walk, I take this with me because I never know when those kinds of ideas and inspiration are going to kick in. And for anyone who has those special people in your life, friends or family that t- love telling stories, try to capture it in some format. There's so many ways to record things now. But uh, this is very old school, but it's a lot of fun. And I just love collecting ideas for new stories and culling up, pulling up those memories that you referred to. And I love it. Yeah. And for journaling, this is a this is an example. I just get composition books. And then I was inspired by an artist, uh, Linda Berry, who does a lot of interesting workshopping with drawing and uh, chronicling things. She's a wonderful writer, cartoonist. And she had this format for journaling, which is, I just will show you a few little glimpses. It's uh, capture, capture some pictures, then jot down things, things that you hear, what you see, what you smell, and reflections. And as a daily exercise, that's amazing. And it helps keep me a little bit limber with drawing and using different kinds of medium for drawing.
1: I love that idea so we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to talk about your book the nutshell regatta and everything about it because it's just such a cute book that i just can't it's just too cute so we'll be right back
2: okay
0: chats from the blog cabin and don't miss the next episode That's from the Blog Cabin. Enjoying this episode?
2: Leave a review now.
0: Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction, We go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, We believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, We have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways, and we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, We have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com and in the menu, click on donate. And we just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. And we are back talking about the
1: nutshell regatta. Now let's tell a little bit about where, you already mentioned that a lot of your stories came down through your grandmother um, and your imagination. So let's talk about you had to have a lot of imagination to write this book, especially with the people and the and the actual little. Look, I'm going to show a picture right here of the little person, the little twig person going out into the in the drain pipe. I love that, but how did you, first of all, come up, you said you start with sketches most of the time when you're writing, so how did you come up with the little cute sketches of all these little cute twig people? Because I would think twig people, I would think like sticks, that's it, no facial expressions or anything.
2: (laughs) Well, that's, that's a great question, and I think part of it is actually remembering my grandmother saying, we could make sailboats out of shells, and me wanting to know, well, who did sail in those? And her reply was, well, make some little twig people or find some little twig people. And through my child's eye, I literally saw that detail. And honestly, sitting down with some paint and a pencil and a marker, and I just started doodling. And then I went out in my yard and I picked up a lot of twigs. I had dozens and dozens of twigs on my table and I just studied them, I looked at them, because I do think imagination and a really deep look at nature are combined, they parallel one another. And so I started noticing all these little imperfections and little um, little swirls of color on the twigs and, and then that gave me an impetus to give more personality to the twigs. And I think adding the summer camp kind of clothes, <laughs> the play clothes um, helped to personalize each of the twig people and then the pebble people. And it was just so much fun. I had a tremendous amount, I have to say, just unbridled fun doing this project.
1: <laughs> it looks like it, because you can tell the sticks and the pebble people are having fun riding on the sailboats and all the different things. So. Why did you decide that this would be the very first book that you published?
2: I think because it's one of those early memories that has a great deal of buoyancy to it. And I believe that um, I hadn't really seen myself um, as the illustrator of this project, but uh, the more I worked on that and then had interest from the publisher, from books in me illustrating it, it gave me a whole new life of kind uh, of a spirited uplift of, oh, this, this will be so much fun, and I could really capture visually as well as with words what that experience was like. So I really wanted it to be a light and wonderful treatment of using imagination and then including my grandmother in that, was so critical for me. That is really her story and how she impacted me. I have to tell you, this woman was such a valuable best friend of mine that when she was in her late 70s and I was in my early teens, she and I traveled to Europe together wow. to visit a son of hers who had moved there. And he wanted to bring her over, but he thought she should have a travel companion. And because we were such good friends, and I was young enough to not really have a job, I was pretty independent, and so off we went together. So she's been, she was forever a very important person in my life. So I think writing and publishing my first book that has her at the center of it was very, very important.
1: So what made you decide to finally, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to publish a book? Because you said all along you kind of had the idea of doing it. You said you, I believe earlier you said you were teaching and other things like that. So what made you finally say, you know what, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to get it published and it's going to be out there for everybody to see.
2: I think I finally came to the place where I was removing barriers that I had put in my own way Mm -hmm. and um, having a little bit of that extra time. And some encouragement from some wonderful friends, friends that um, are definitely part of my family sphere, and um, just my own nuclear family. So encouraging, and um, I just felt that it was time. I, I I think I wanted to to feel that in some small way I could contribute something that was joyful. And sweet in a world that has a lot of sour and discordance in it. And I just um, finally felt like, hey, the timing is right. And I was given that opportunity by uh, Stacy Haber of Plum Books Publishing and her positivity and the encouragement of Wendy Sheermanis and her sister Debbie. These are people that just sort of brought me along, encouraged me, and saw the possibility there. And I'm eternally grateful to them and to uh, my daughter Kate and her wonderful friend Steph, who helped so much with formatting and doing some of the more technical things that I hadn't really gotten a handle on. So it was, it was I would say, it was a project involving many people and much encouragement and love from those around me. So
1: how hard was it to? not only write the book, but you said you illustrated it. So you ran double duty. Normally, most of the time people write the book and they hand it off to an illustrator. Did, they, did you just make more work for yourself that way?
2: I did, and it turned out to be such a gift because that was the work I really needed to do. It helped hone the content of the story itself. It helped clarify some things for me. Um, the editor made some wonderful suggestions, and um, some of the small pictures that float around the text was a suggestion of hers. And Steph Kudish, who did helped me work out all of the changes that you have to do uh, technically, and uh, you know, with computer software, it was all it came together in this wonderful symphony of memory, and it took on a life of its own then. After a while, that extra work started becoming more of an inspiration than something I was a little fearful of. And um, there were a couple of drawings where I made maybe two or three paintings before I was satisfied. And that was okay. It was part of the process.
1: I just love how you said it. You were just open to it. A lot of people, when they get set in their ways, and they have their, this is the way my book's supposed to be. This is the way... The illustrations are, and I'm sure there was um, probably you already talked about technical, there was probably some amount of frustration with the technology, and that's why you knew better. You're like, I'm just going to hand it off to somebody else because it, it could possibly have made you shut down the whole project, correct?
2: Oh, definitely. I, I could have easily withdrawn at that point, but I had my cheering squad, and my son Ian, who does freelance editing, was always willing to say, Hey, you know, try this or, you know, Whenever I hit that wall, it seemed like somebody came along with a word of encouragement, or i just go back to, and I love this, back to the drawing board. Because a lot of life is like that, isn't it? We have to try things out, and that's where imagination can really kick in. If you can imagine something different, then take the time to work and whittle at it, pace around with it, You often end up with something better than you had even thought you were going to come up with.
1: That is so true. And let's talk about how important it is to, even as adults, to have imagination now, because a lot of adults think they've outgrown it, and they don't need the imagination.
2: Well, I always think of us, um, in many ways, I think we all are many people all at once. We're sort of, uh, you know, many layers to each of us. There isn't a person alive who hasn't had... um, For every year you add, we're sort of like trees. We have another ring. We have really great years. We have tough years. We have experiences that are demanding and difficult. And we have great moments of joy. And it's this process of being able to imagine, remember, that help us solve the problems that come our way and give us the kind of true insight that I think we all need in the world because the world's a complicated place and being a child is complicated and being an adult is also very complicated as we all know and I think that one thing I uh, drew inspiration from early on when I started trying to write short stories and working on larger pieces is this uh, document it was like a documentary that was shown on television in Alaska. And uh, it was all about survival. If your plane goes down, what do you do to survive? And as a kid, I loved this because I was always imagining okay, what would happen if this happened? What would I do? And one of the things, as they list all of the important pragmatic things you have to do to survive, they listed at the very end you have to recreate, you have to play. If you're stuck somewhere, if you're lost, you have to keep your mind engaged. You have to be able to imagine different solutions to the same old thorny problem. And I think that applies across the board to all of life. That Our imagination enables us to see other possibilities. And also, I think it enables us to see how other people might be looking at the world, not just our own lens that we're looking through.
1: When you just talked about being stranded or, you know, what would happen and you're seeing the documentary, the first thing that ran through my mind was that I do not know the name of the Tom Hanks movie where he's stranded and he finds like a volleyball and he puts a face on it. So it, so it's like it's imagine it hits his friends so he can have conversations with it, even though, you know, a lot of people would think that's wacko. But it was somebody to keep him company, to keep his mind occupied. So I love that.
2: Yeah. What was that called? It was with Tom Hanks, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a great, yes.
1: So I cannot remember the name. That's the very first, that was the scene as you were talking about. So let's talk about. Castaway.
2: Was it Castaway?
1: Yes, it was. It was Castaway. You're okay. correct. Um, <laughs> so how, you, you learned the importance of imagination through your grandmother. How did you instill that in your children? How did you bring that in, and encourage that in your children?
2: Well, I should actually say that the storytellers also extended, in my family, to my parents. Um, They were both, my mother was very theatrical and dramatic and told wonderful stories. My father uh, also loved to tell stories of the early days of adventures he had stowing away to Alaska, working in gold mines, so I was flooded with a lot of great storytelling And it just seemed like the natural progression to continue that with my own kids. And I think as a new parent, I started realizing that it was equally important for me to listen to their stories. For me to really pay attention to the things they wanted to talk about. And that became a family ritual. It started out uh, around the dinner table. Uh, we always had discussions about how the days were, what we were thinking about, and oftentimes stories that we were thinking about. And then, as the kids got older, it became sort of car talks. We would be, we'd take long drives, or if we were commuting to different activities. We would have these very uh, wonderful conversations that involved a lot of rehashing of the day, talking about impressions, talking about difficulties or things and so it ended up being a very organic approach to storytelling and um i I love the creativity and capability i see in my children and their humanity Uh, it's a wonderful thing to see
1: so if if you were talking to a whole bunch of new parents what kind of tips would you give them first of all you already said passing down the stories from generation to generations but what are some other tips
2: I think one thing that is easy to forget is simply to enjoy yourself. If you're enjoying yourself, that is a contagious thing. And children can tell when you're focused on them, not what you're going to have to do in five minutes. And sometimes the the necessary things that drive us, the details, the chores that have to be done, occasionally we need to take a break from those and just tell ourselves, let's just take time not think about anything else. Focus on the child, focus on yourself, focus on that connection that you have together. It's so precious, and as we all know, it's a very quick thing. Childhood passes very quickly, and it's so precious, and I think it makes a lasting effect. I think it has a great impact on not only your children, but on you. So I would say really take time to enjoy your child. And let your child set set the guideline for where that storytelling energy is going to go. Mm-hmm. They may want to just listen. They may want to tell a very long, and convoluted story of their own. And it's really great for you to be listening to them intently. Not only are you giving them that wonderful boost, but you're also teaching them the wonderful active listening that leads into, I think, a compassion for the story that others tell. My mother always used to say, whenever I would say something snarky or sort of mean-spirited about a neighbor or a person we had encountered, she always said, you know, you don't know the whole story. Mm -hmm. There's always more to the story. And that stuck with me, too.
1: I love that. Plus, too, I think in this day and age, a lot of people are like wishing their kids would grow up too fast, like they're putting them into preschool too fast, they're putting them into like college classes when they're still in high school, and they're kind of wishing away their childhood. So I think this is a great way to let them still be kids again as well.
2: Well, I do think that's one of the huge values of play, open play and imaginative play, is it's great for the physical being. Uh, kids who are using their imagination, getting outside to play, to explore, to look close at nature, are also doing all kinds of unstructured exercise. It's great for the body. It's great for the self-image. And I think that um, there's nothing wrong with the discipline and focus. In fact, it really proves to be very important in life to have that. But I think it needs to be balanced out with the open-ended. And that's where I think those two things, you could think of it as pairs of opposites, they're, they're very important together. And um, as kids go into life, whatever path they take, there are always going to be problems that need to be solved. And there are always going to be people you encounter that you need to cooperate with and work with, and you have to figure out ways to get that shared language to be able to listen creatively and critically to things. So it's a very, to me, it's uh, something you can't have one without the other. And when they're together, it's wonderful. And it's a great uh, sort of a promise to the future in a way that if you can carry that kind of energy forward, you'll be able to solve some of the problems. And there are many that need to be solved.
1: Wow, I just love that. Now, you said you're not one and done, are you? You have more books like ready to be published or you're in the process of writing some?
2: I am. In fact, in terms of picture books, I'm working on, I'll just show you a little picture I've been working on. Um, (laughs) This is about four friends who uh, escape from the laundry basket where they live in the laundry room and they go exploring. And... I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Um, and the, at the end of the story, their girl will come and find them and uh, gather them up and take them home. And it's just, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a little idea I had played with years ago, and now it just seems to be picking back up. So yes, I'd like to continue doing that. And I i love writing. Um, it's just something, uh, that I need to do, that I love to do, and also that I'm determined to do.
1: I love that. Now, let's go through, um, at the very beginning, getting your book published, because a lot of people don't have don't know how to get their book published. So talk about your steps getting your book published.
2: Well, a very arduous process, actually. And I've worked, I have... Um, had a few short stories published over the years, and there are so many rejections that you experience when you're trying to make the inroads. There are opportunities now for people to publish their own work. And I haven't really examined that yet, but I know it's a very viable and you know, a very well-respected venue now for people to publish their own work. Um, I was introduced to a publisher uh, by a good friend, uh, Wendy Manasherr and her sister Debbie, um, who introduced me to a publisher in London. And I made the same kind of proposal that I make to publishers, you know, that I would make in a short story or a book that I'm trying to get published. I wasn't sure if it was going to connect or not, but she seemed to really like the idea, and we started with dialogue, and that dialogue was the most important thing, because it, it, and this was a publisher who really encourages new writers, not all publishers do. So I would recommend for those of us who are determined to write, would like to see their words and their ideas out there, there's so many venues, like the venue that you have. Okay. You're you're creating and communicating and reaching lots of people through this venue. And I think everybody who writes really wants to do that or would like to see other people enjoy what they've created. And um, I would recommend getting copies of the writer's market, joining organizations like the Society of Children's Book. Writers and illustrators uh, joining local chapters of writing groups, spending the time and energy you would, with, as you would with any job or endeavor. If you care about it, you'll want to sink time and effort into it, and then be prepared for not clicking right away, not uh, getting the kind of uh, immediate connection that you would love to have, but that tenacity I think is really important. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the very first time you were able to hold your printed book, the nutshell about in your hand. How did you feel? Because I've had a lot of authors say, well, it didn't, I actually didn't get to hold it first. Somebody else opened uh, a held it. How did it feel when you first held it?
2: Oh, I tell you, I was doing a happy dance. I was so thrilled. I was so thrilled. I was just like, oh, I, I really was dancing around the house. And then uh, across the country, various friends of mine uh, got copies and they sent me pictures, uh, many of them with their dogs or their children holding the book. And it was just fabulous. It was like that. Um, an abundance of warmth and warm wishes. It really was heart. It was just made me feel great. So I was thrilled, and I and it's inspiring me to do more.
1: I love that inspiring you to do more. Now, Jonna, can you tell people where they can find you at?
2: Yes, I am very easy to find blog-wise. It's just Jonna Laster, my name and .com and they can go there. I have a blog um, that is more ruminating about writing in general. And I've just recently added a page for a published book, which is Nutshell Regatta. So, uh, and there's some links there and you know places where they can look in the ISMB number for ordering if they're interested in from their local bookstore or independent bookstore, wherever they like to get their books from
1: and is there our time is all messed up so there's is there one last nugget that you want to share either with parents or children trying to instill their imagination in children or about the writing life or you can do both
2: you know i think the bottom line to all of this is love and concurrent with love is joy so take joy in what you do and imbue it with a love. And it doesn't mean that every project and everything you do is uh, sunshine and rainbows, but I think the depth of one's love and compassion for others and oneself um, is a very important type of energy to carry with you through the creative process. I encourage all people to find whatever creative self they have and wish to develop. And I don't see that as a narrow thing. I don't see it as only writing or art, though I love those fields and they resonate with me. But I see it as baking, as a building, as working it with nature, gardening, being in, in the world um, in whatever way works for you, and then really, really savoring it. Um, my father always, he quoted an old book um, that he had read, and it's his saying sticks with me to this very day. It's a tough trip through paradise. but we have to deal with the toughness and we have to appreciate the the beauty, the bounty that surrounds us.
1: I love that and that's so important to imbu- to appreciate oh, my get has got to appreciate the beauty around us because a lot of people, don't necessarily want to be outside they don't want to stop for a minute because our society is so go 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 all the time that we can't even pause for just a moment like they say take time to smell the roses if roses aren't your thing just take time to go outside and just appreciate what it is outside and being out in nature as well
2: yes and take time to be with the people you love it's a, a super important thing and it cuts across all age groups uh, in, includes the friends that are a part of your family. It includes meeting new people and being open to their ideas and their viewpoints. and I think that's just a good i I strive for that. I don't think I always hit that mark, but I think um, trying is the most important thing that we do.
1: That is so true and John, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your nuts, nutshell regatta, guys. This is the book. Um, so cute. Super cute pictures. Super cute. Super cute pictures. I mean, I can imagine sitting down. I don't have grandkids, but once my grandkids, finally, my I have only one daughter that's married. But, you know, sitting down and reading this. I used to be a teacher, too, so I could see talking about this book in class because I taught elementary school school kids talking about this book in class and maybe have an art project to go along with it where they create their own boats for their own stick people for their own pebble people so i so can see this so i want to thank you for coming on and guys i will put in the show notes where you can find her as well as where you can grab the book and donna thank you for coming on and for sharing your talent with us because this the pictures not only are your writing talent but those pictures oh my goodness
2: Thank you so much for your kindness and your gracious invitation.
1: You're welcome. So, guys, um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Remember, be blessed and keep chatting. Thank you. Chats
0: from the Blog Cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.